0: RIP the U.S.
1: U.S., U.S.C. It's a bad 24 <laughs> who, who, hours if you who, got U.S. in there.
0: Who played Who played worse <laughs> defense, the Trojans or the U.S. men's national team today?
1: Mm. <laughs> ugly. Ugly, ugly. No, look, I'm not, I'm not trying not to. Not the soccer. I mean, I told you, these knockout rounds. Yeah, man. You think baseball postseason is voodoo? Woo! Soccer is soccer, man. They, you know... they had a few chances in the first half.
2: Did Blit... they,
1: though? Well, Polisic had the early gift, can't finish. You got to finish. By the way, by the way, every U.S. person out there being like, what would happen if LeBron James (laughs) plays Buddy? The Dutch goalie's 6'8. He's 6'8. That was amazing. It was a great save by him. And Uh, it really, you know, turns the entire complexion of the game. Yes. Netherlands pots their chances, the U.S. can't, despite really controlling. The game in the first half. That is soccer. If you can counter punch in soccer, you can win a lot of games. And uh no shame in the U.S. losing no, no, to no, that. No, 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 team.
0: Look, it's one of the it's one of those things that we talked about uh as we as we were going through the group stage. And my curiosity is being just like this novice, noob, I'm a casual World Cup observer. Based on everything that I knew about this U.S. squad and how they got here. It felt like it was hitting a reset button, and just getting there was the goal. They got there. All right, cool. You had a plan, and that was to choke out points the best way you could in the group stage, and they played that to a T. They never allowed uh, a goal. Or I'm sorry, they allowed one goal uh, in the entire thing in group stage to get to uh, to get to the knockout rounds. The only complaint, if you wanted to, you know, kind of second guess what uh, what Berhalter was doing, it's okay. You did what you were supposed to do to get here. You know you can't do the same thing to the Netherlands, right? At, yeah. so, at some point, you're going to have to be – if you are if you are an attacking team, if you're a little bit of like a crash – if we want to use hockey analogies here, if you're like a crash-the-net type of team, get a junk goal like they did today, uh, late to make it 2-1, well, then you're going to have to stick with that. And you're going to have to be more aggressive. And that's the thing. I mean, they look they look gassed. They didn't try to bury the, the, the chances, theoretically, were like the equivalent of Corsi champs. Like, yeah, you're around the net, but you didn't actually have a quality chance for the most part. So that would be the second guessing that I'm sure, you know, Gio Reyna not playing until the second half and then some, somewhat coming alive to get back into that game 2-1. All those things will be second guessed. But as Pat Welter and I were joking about, like, who who gets second guessed more in American sports? a soccer manager for the U.S. men's national team or, like, a baseball manager?
1: Well, I was going to say, the, the real problem with soccer in the U.S. is every single dad and mom now at this <laughs> pa- at this point in our generation played yes. and are now coaching their own kids. Yes. So it's it's all like, well, you know, Joe, with our classic team, oh, our uh, select team, I we, actually we ran a, a uh, one-up and seven-back, <laughs> and, you know, that would totally work at the World Cup. No. Show me Diamond. Listen, Show me Diamond. Listen, listen. It's all pre- – this is like po- – I'm telling you, it's postseason baseball. Everybody's got good pitchers. Yeah. The Netherlands took took care of the chances they needed to take care. T- tip your hat to the goalie, the keeper, as they like to say. He made two great saves, mm-hmm. the kick save on Polisic and the diving save on Wia, who hit a rocket down low in that first half from outside the box. That was a big-time save. It probably should have been 2-1 to, one yeah. to the U.S. in the first half. But th- those are the split differences in those games. The, you know, the deep fly ball that you get out instead of it being a home run because the roof is closed or whatever right, baseball right, right. analogy you want to use, you can use it. And now watch the rest of these games, Joe. In this knockout stage, other than Australia, who's probably shouldn't be there and will be outclassed by France, the rest of the games, there's not going to be a large difference between these teams. It's
0: the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm um, Joe Obias. We're out at ACC Fan Fest. A little soggy, I guess it matches the mood of uh, the soccer fans who were watching this thing at the watch party here at the ACC Fan Why Fest. Why are you
1: not concerned about the USC fans or, or people who had USC tickets? No, that, right? That now. would be
0: you. That would be you. Look, I rooted I was rooting for chaos. I know last you were, and we you got that, this to me. You I, put, I, put the voodoo on my, me. It's my fault. It's my fault. I should. It's have your won.
1: fault that USC's offensive line is hot trash. Yeah. God, I was. They were so bad. Also, their defense
0: is not good. But that's no, a Lincoln. That's right. a Lincoln Riley signature. Now, there's been some dunking on Lincoln Riley in the last 24 hours, the USC head coach. But I am actually okay with it. Like he has his thing. He puts himself in position to get there, and it doesn't really matter if they had a defense or not. You're telling me that Georgia isn't still better than everybody else?
1: It would have I mean, been criminal for USC with that offensive line to right. play against Georgia's defensive front.
0: Yes. So, and, I, and it's funny, and this is where this is where we are with the college football playoff, and I'm and I'm I'm happy that they're finally expanding the college football playoff to twelve, because this year illustrates more than any other year the uselessness of four. Southern Cal loses last night. That's now going to create a debate about who should slide into the four spot to get their ass handed to them by Georgia. Okay. Ohio State did absolutely nothing, and now they're like, yes, we absolutely belong. Based on what exactly? You got your ass handed to you by They Michigan. beat Notre Dame. They beat Notre oh, Dame. that's what it is.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> when in town, it's always Notre Dame's
0: fault. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you got Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, right, ready to go. He had his talking points ready to go. He's like, well, Alabama and LSU should absolutely be considered. If, the, you know, now that Southern Cal is lost. No, I'd rather you still put in Southern Cal at this point than Alabama. Well, and then, well, what happens if TCU
1: loses? Today? Well,
0: well, I think the TCU should probably stick around. That that Oh,
1: they don't have a loss. You they don't right. have a loss. That keeps them in. They, that,
0: right. that keep, that's going to keep, unless they get crushed today, you know, but I don't think that's the case.
1: Even then, Ohio State got run, so how do you justify? But, 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 you know
0: what? Last night and what we've seen over the last couple of weeks actually proved if we can go into the what-if machine, yeah, yeah. if X, Y, Z happens, shout-out to David TLR, our friend, a longtime ACC columnist. He had tweeted out last night, you know, had Clemson not lost to South Carolina? Of course, of course, Clemson's playing this championship game against North Carolina with a chance to go into the college football playoff. You know who else would have had a chance if they don't lose to Georgia Tech, Carolina. if they don't lose to NC State? it would have been Carolina. Now, before you freak out in your car or if you're watching on SportsFan.com and you're sitting here screaming about strength of schedule and everything else, throw that out. Because a one-loss Carolina team with a win over Clemson and having everything kind of break the way you wanted it would absolutely elevate them into the four spot. North Carolina, a couple weeks ago, when everybody wanted to dismiss the college football playoff conversation, I simply said... Never count out chaos. Never count out college football giving you exactly what you want, which is some out-of-nowhere loss that's going to open things up for the possibility for you to enter the conversation. But you can't enter the conversation if you don't take care of your own business, which is exactly what happened with the Tar Heels losing to Georgia Tech and, and NC State.
1: It's those two little letters in college football that we love. We love to look at them in October. Uh-huh. We love to look at them in November. We love to look at the schedule and go, well, you know, if it's just South Carolina. Oh, it's just, you know, if they beat Georgia Tech. Right. If they, you know, hey, if they beat Utah, if, if they beat Kansas State, it's those two little letters that get you every single time in college, which gets to my larger point about the expansion
0: of the playoffs. If we take into account that this chaos happens in the regular season, what makes you think that we wouldn't get something like this in the playoffs? Now, much like the NCAA tournament and the appeal of the NCAA basketball tournament is those early rounds with the early upsets, things eventually weed out and the best teams end up in the Elite Eight and in the Final Four. (laughs) So the same thing would happen in college football, and that would be exciting. you telling me that somebody wouldn't freak out with a 12-seed Shocking the world in a playoff upset, it's gonna happen just like a 16 will never beat a one. Oh, except, oh, oh, oh wait a minute, well, 15 seed that's like I was cracking up at the Duke Ohio State game because Duke students were holding up signs that said Oral Roberts at the expense of Ohio State. Oral right. Roberts was a 15th seed right. that beat Ohio State, and I, and I sat there and I thought, oh, that would never happen to Duke. Whoa. Oh, wait a minute, it has so. I love college football so much because we speak in absolutes. You talk about those two little wetter- letters. Sits are the only ones who speak in absolutes, Gilio. That's right. Never speak in absolutes. And that's the problem we have with most of our college football conversations. We speak in these absolutes, and then you play the games, which is the entire point. It's the OG. Alongside Joe Gilio. I'm Joe Obias. Um, it's kind of soggy out here. Although things are going to clear up by the time the game comes around, 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, we are here till 2 o'clock. We've got championship games throughout the day, including the ACC championship between Clemson and North Carolina at 8 o'clock. We're going to hear from Taylor Vipolis, former North Carolina wide receiver with Inside Carolina. He was part of that 15 squad that got to the ACC championship game, lost to Clemson, a little controversial onside kick there at the end. Plus Marquise Williams, he was the quarterback, for that 15 Tar Heel team. Get his thoughts on some similarities or not-so-similar situations between these two squads and what he would have loved to have done differently back in 2015. Also, Chip Patterson, CBS Sports Cover 3 podcast, he's going to join us at the top of the hour to kind of get a basic setup for how things might shake out with the college football playoff now that Southern Cal lost in the Pac-12 championship game to Utah. Congratulations to our friend Mark.
1: No. No? no, my bank account is more important than Mark's pride. Thank okay. you. Got it.
0: Got it. Got it. We'll check it with Taylor Vipolis next. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, former wide receiver for North Carolina, Taylor Vipolis. He's with Inside Carolina now. Uh, You can watch his.
1: Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on?
0: Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The
1: number to call 800-691-3215. Text Tim to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text Tim to 600-700 for that deal.
0: Great stuff over at IC. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to talk to you, Taylor. First off, what's up, man? Good to see you. It's
2: great to be here. It's great to be talking about the heels in an in ACC championship championship. Uh, the the trains kind of gone off the wheels the past 2 weeks but yeah you know we're we're chugging our way along into into <laughs> bank of america <laughs>
0: so i want to i actually wanted to start going back to 2015 cuz i i am curious about some similarities right in how things got to that point the the focus I remember that year and Gene Chizik was the defensive coordinator was focused on the defense could the defense get right Larry Fedora's team they could score all the points but they could stop anybody and the general sense was they had the bend don't break and they ran through the ACC schedule and uh and ended up losing in a close game to Clemson on a controversial onside kick we'll call it so when you've watched this group get to this point as you mentioned things got a little squirrely there at the end but is there a similarity with how this defense has kind of come along as the season's gone on to get them to this point?
2: I would say the, the similarity would be, I do think they have some good leaders on that defensive side of the ball. I think Cedric Ray, you could plug Cedric Ray onto the 2015 team and he's probably the best defensive player on that team. Um, where, where the similarity kind of ends is that 2015 team with that bend but don't break defense, they were really good in the red zone. This mm-hmm. team, they're not really good in the red zone, so they're bending, they're breaking, kind of goes against the, the entire model that Coach Chizik had. Um, and I think the, the other thing that the, the 2015 team had that I'm not sure that this team has is more player leaders. Like the the 2015 team – it was guys like Matt Collins, Landon Turner, um, Shaquille Rashad, Jeff shotmer You could go down the list, and it was like from the, the first guy in the locker room to the last guy in the locker room, we all had that sense of we didn't want to let any of those guys down. And it, it was no matter if you were a walk-on or trying to give them the, the best look in practice, like everybody had that same mindset where – you know, the, the coaching staff does deserve a lot of credit. We had a great offensive coordinator in Seth Luttrell. We had a great defensive coordinator in Gene Chiswick, But I think that group feels like it it didn't matter who was coaching us that year. Um, we were going to find ways to win. And you kind of saw that the, the 2014 team to the 2015 team, there wasn't a, a drastic change. There wasn't a, a transfer portal to, to bail us out. Um, but it was really the guys in the locker room coming together and, and really um, – putting our best foot forward for each other. Taylor
1: Vipolis joining us here on the OG on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Obvious. I'm Joe Giglio. And Taylor, you mentioned some of the names from that 15 team. I was looking at the box score the other day. You you can make the argument, actually, Carolina had better players than Clemson. I know who the quarterback for Clemson was, (laughs) and I get that he was the best player in the game. But you can make the argument, looking through some of the names you even mentioned, they're still in the NFL, like that wasn't kind of like this Clemson team. It wasn't this vintage, you know, it was Artavis Scott or Sharone Peak. You know, good players, but they didn't have great receivers. They they had a great quarterback. Um I am just kind of curious what you if you see some similarities between that Clemson team and, and this one.
2: Yeah, I think I think that North Carolina offense was was so fun to watch on a, a day in day out basis where our backup quarterback is still in in the NFL. Yeah. Um but from from a receiver perspective, we had guys like Mac Hollins, like Quinshaw Davis, like Bug Howard, um, like Ryan Switzer. We we just went so deep, and I think you, you see that with Clemson. Um, and at the same the same token, with the quarterback position, we had Marquise Williams, we had Mitch Trubisky. Clemson has two quarterbacks. I know a lot of fans want to see them kind of move away mm-hmm. from DJ. Um, and then I think the other the other perspective would be at that running back position we had elijah hood tj logan two great two great uh running backs at the college level and i think you see a lot of that in a guy like shipley
0: i don't think marquis williams gets enough credit though for his time at carolina or that season for that matter uh but i feel like that's a longer conversation altogether taylor Vipulis. Former wide receiver, North Carolina, joining us here on the Heathrow Automotive Group Hotline, alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. You can catch his work at Inside Carolina as well. Um, I, I am curious from wide receiver to wide receiver, when you watch Josh Downs play, uh, and I know made this point, when you see Josh Downs, when you talk to Josh Downs, you might not think he's a guy who's going to be able to do the things that he ends up doing. Uh, and last year he did it on his own. This year he actually has a supporting cast around him. He's still getting it done when he's 100% healthy. What do you see? I mean, When when you watch Josh Downs play, what, what do you see when,
2: in him? It just does not make sense how easy he, he makes the receiver position look. Like I could go out there every day for the next 20 years, and it would never look one-fifth as smooth as, as he looks out there. <laughs> he He's essentially unguardable when you're lining up against him one on one man you're going to have to send coverage over the top with with that safety bracketing um but he's just so smooth he has such a good change of direction great change of speed i think the most underrated part about his game is his ability to high point a ball where he plays a lot bigger than than the 5 foot 10 that he's yeah. listed at and i also think he has the intangibles where when you when you hear him talk like he's a he's a confident kid and he knows that one-on-one, he he's going to beat you, and when he does beat you, he's going to let you know that he beats you, too. <laughs> you
0: you ran track at first to Carolina. You faster than him? Who's faster? Not a shot. Not a shot? He's still yeah. faster than you?
2: All right. Yeah, That's such man, where of double check. Some of the football speed, it's, like, way different. Like, I first started at, at football in Carolina 2013, and I came over, and Coach Fedora was like, oh, we have this, this track kid. Like, let's have somebody race him because we did, like, 10 100s. Um, full field sprints and I had won like the first like seven because like some of the guys like weren't going that hard it was one of my first days I'm, I'm going all out mm-hmm. so the last one he's like he picks Mac Holland and he's like I want you two to to race each other and we like look at each other we nod and I start and I'm driving out the first like 10 10 yards and my head's down and by the time I look up Mac is like across midfield, and I'm like I'm like fifteen twenty yards in. I'm like, oh my god, I've never seen anybody move like that. And it it makes sense; he's wide receiver too right now in Vegas. That'll do it.
1: Taylor Viplis joining us here on the OG, and you mentioned the the strategy against Josh Towns is to bracket him. Obviously, Georgia Tech did that, NC State did that. You got to expect Clemson to do that. Who do you think UNC could use in this game to kind of maybe you know? maybe catch Clemson at and then their own game, if you will, because if you know something's coming, you try to have the counter to it. Uh, And obviously Carolina has more than just Josh Downs this season.
2: Yeah. I think the, the biggest guy for this Carolina team would be Antoine green. I think this offense is what they are at this point. They're, they're not very good in the red zone. Um, The Phil Longo offense kind of predicates that you're going to hit on these chunk plays and, Antoine Green is that chunk play guy for this North Carolina team. He's averaging 19.6 yards per catch. He has seven touchdowns. You could kind of see when he's not in a game like the Georgia Tech game, how noticeable it is that Drake May doesn't have that threat to go deep. And when defenses can focus so much attention on Josh Downs, without Antoine Green, Carolina's pretty young at the receiver position with guys like J.J. Jones and Gavin Blackwell to where I – there isn't as much confidence as somebody like Antoine Green, who's in his senior year and has already kind of established himself as one of the best deep threats in college football.
0: Taylor Vipolis inside Carolina, former North Carolina wide receiver. We'll wrap on this. You know, Tar Heels had a chance back in 2015 in the Coastal Division to do something that hasn't been done since 1980, that's win the conference championship. Here's, Here's this opportunity again, but it's also the last time Carolina's going to get this opportunity to win the Coastal Division. Do you have a eulogy for the greatest division that ever was for the last nearly 20 years of ACC play?
2: Yeah, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss all the, the Coastal Chaos. Um, <laughs> it, it feels weird that we won't even be able to, to say Coastal Chaos anymore. Um, I know you're going to miss State fans bringing up the coast. Like, if you, if, you, if you were in the
1: Atlantic, Vip, yeah.
2: if you were in the Atlantic, you'd never know. The the argument really hurt losing to NC State um because, you know, they, they lose to Boston College, one of the worst teams in the Atlantic. They're they're in a dogfight with Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Um all they had to do was just beat NC State and Carolina fans would have had that upper hand. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss the coastal. I'm gonna miss I'm gonna the, the thing I'm gonna miss the most about the coastal that I'll eulogize is is gonna be Carolina Miami game. I think that was really turning into a rivalry. Mm-hmm. I know how much Miami fans hate when whenever Carolina does the, the throw the U down and you get, you get no my dad
0: school, you get my dad going, Taylor. Get my no, dad going.
2: No school has gotten better at throwing the U down than North Carolina. There it's patent pending for how well Carolina is able to do it. And uh yeah, if I if I had to pick the thing I'm gonna miss the most about the coastal, it's gonna be Picking Miami to win the Coastal every year. <laughs> and then by the time September ends, reminding myself, please stop doing this. It's like oh, no, when I man. fill out my bracket in, yep. in March, I always pick Gonzaga. For some reason, I always pick Gonzaga. we in
1: parallel lives. <laughs> yeah. live in parallel lives. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Vipolis
0: inside Carolina, former wide receiver. All right, man, we appreciate the time. Have fun watching the game. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, guys. It's the OG, alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. Big thanks to Taylor Vipolis for joining us. If you missed any of that conversation, you can actually watch it on YouTube. Uh, go uh, go look us up on YouTube, 99.9 The Fan. Hit that subscribe button. You can also check us out on your favorite podcast apps, Best of the OG. Get that wherever you get your podcast. We'll take a quick break. We'll actually take a look at how the bull picture might be shaking out and how the college football playoff was affected last night with Southern Cal's loss to Utah. Chaos, baby. Let's go. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage.
1: What's the JAG Advantage?
2: The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996, with the largest inventory of home sites in the triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage.
0: Go! Go! Learn how you can score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.